0: Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together, to fellowship you, Father. We pray that everything said and done today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom, Father. We pray that your word will go to the ends of the earth and will not return void, but will accomplish what it was sent to do. And we give you praise and honor and glory, Lord, in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, this married couple... Through the length of their marriage, they've been married 20 years. He refused to put the cap on the toothpaste. Just refused, would not. And it, it, he did it so long that it became a big deal. And he just didn't make up his mind that he was never going to do it, right? So they've been married 20 years, and for the anniversary, he couldn't figure out what to give her. He said, You know what? I'm going to start putting the cap on the toothpaste. So the first week went by, no accolades, no thanks, no nothing. Second week went by and she said, you and I need to have a talk. He was like, oh, good. Yes, what should we talk about? She said, why did you quit brushing your teeth? (laughs) (laughs) I like that joke, that was a good joke. You didn't see it coming either, did you? No, you didn't. Why did you quit brushing your teeth? So hey, um, today, kind of big deal in two, two things for me. Two personal, um, personal deals, right? Today I've been married to Crystal for 23 years. Y'all believe that? That's <laughs> crazy. You know, she, she even likes me that much. Uh, yes, and she hadn't told me otherwise, and I hadn't quit brushing my teeth, so I feel like we we're right there together. And today is four years to the day. Actually, it was September 2nd, but four years to the Sunday that when I started preaching. Right? Yeah. How about that? So. so I think I'll be married to Crystal a whole lot longer than I'll ever be preaching, so it works itself right on now. Uh, Savannah asked me the other day when my cutoff was, to, and I told her I didn't think I had a cutoff. She asked me if I could go with Loma's granddaddy. I said, I don't think so. But anyway, we'll do what we're supposed to do as long as we can. So, so what we want to talk about today is, is that, is that uh, Thomas and I had a lo- not a long discussion, a very short discussion on what the title was. And he said, well, just name it God. And I'm like, well, that's pretty close, but it's the spirit of God. Because see, we we as humans, right, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body, right? So everything that we do is spiritual. But nobody really ever told us that, and the world won't tell you that, because they don't want you to believe that anything is spiritual, right? In fact, they make fun of the spiritual. Oh, he's spiritual, right? And, And it is to deter... To understanding that we have a spiritual connection with the creator of the universe. So I want to start um, almost all New Testament, I think, um, with the promise. So so the Gospel according to John. The Gospel according to John chapter 14. How did I not mark it? Stephen must have been harassing me. I didn't mark it. Uh, Verse, chapter 14, verse 26, and Jesus said, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything that I have said. Right? Then he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not be afraid. I do not give it as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled do not let be afraid is actually at the end, right? So so Jesus promised this spiritual counselor that's going to come and, and dwell in us. You know, the Bible says that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. See, before Jesus died, God on the planet lived in the Holy of Holies. And it was protected with curtains and veils and stuff, right? And you had to be the guy to go into the Holy of Holies and be in the presence of the Spirit of God. Even so that if you were even if you were the guy, they would still put bells on your clothes and a rope around you just in case you wasn't quite really the guy. because see sin cannot cohabit in the, in the place of where the Spirit of God presides right you couldn't, he couldn't be there. if he had any sin that was not covered, if he had anything that he was not supposed to have, he, he, they would die. But see when Jesus died on the cross, Right, and he, and he gave us salvation. That spirit comes to live on the inside of us, right? So it creates the temple of God on the inside of us. First uh, Corinthians, <clears throat> we're gonna jump around a little bit, but we, you, you're getting it. We, we're gonna get it. First Corinthians chapter 6. I did mark this one. There we go. Verse 19, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own, but you, have, you are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. See, when you, I know you've seen this, right, in the, in the, the social media that my body is a temple. Well, if my body was, you know, a, a joint in a fast food restaurant, right? I mean, that's how most people treat their bodies. But for real, we live in a, a world that God created and our body is the temple of the Spirit of God on this planet. He dwells on the inside of us. He gives us life, right? And he ministers to us. The, the problem is, and, and like I said a minute ago, the, the lie is, is that spiritual stuff is hokey or, or fake or mystic or something crazy. But, but, but honestly... When, when you are born, your spirit man comes to live in this earthly suit, right? The Bible says that we are aliens. We're not from here. We're just passing through here, right? We, we don't belong to this earth. We belong to God. So our spirit man continues on after our earth man dies. So our whole goal in life should be securing the future for our spirit man. We should be feeding our spirit man. we should be teaching our spirit man. We should be developing our spirit man. And I would bet if you went through the whole group in a, you know a secret survey, you would spend the least amount of time nurturing the spirit man versus your mental health or your physical health, right? You, you spend a lot more time on what makes you happy. And what's the new trend, and how you tick tock, or whatever you spend all the other stuff, right? But the truth is, is the most important part of what we have going on is what's going on with the spirit man. That's the battle. The Bible says that we war not against flesh and blood, and I don't know if you really comprehend that. It means we don't fight against people or animals, we do not war against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers and rulers of the dark, y'all know that scripture, right? So, what do you think flesh and blood is? That's the things you can see. That's animals and humans and stuff, right? So, what's principalities and powers and all of that? That that's in the spirit world, right? It's called spiritual warfare. Now, if you go into physical warfare, you to get you a helmet and you know a, a camouflage jacket and the M16 or whatever kind of four we yeah, have what. Black guns, the the big guns, right? And you go into battle with that. You know you train for weeks and months to be a good soldier. And you learn all the stuff you're supposed to learn. But we're in a spiritual battle. And we don't even brush our teeth necessarily. Right? We don't even prepare. We don't even open the, the, the instruction manual, right? The instruction manual on how to fight in a spiritual battle comes from here. And here only. Your horoscope has nothing to do with it. None of the stuff that you read on the internet has nothing to do with it. The spiritual warfare is fought inside of God's word. And and if you're willing to take it into battle, you win. See, the when God's spirit lived in the Ark of the Covenant, right? That, that, was, that was where God lived, in the Ark of the Covenant. Do you know when the... The armies toted the Ark of the Covenant in the battle, they never lost, right? They were undefeated. They could tote the Ark of the Covenant, and their enemies were destroyed in front of them. So if the Spirit of God lived in the Ark, and it was undefeatable, but now the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us, do you think he lost any of his power? Do you think he's changed any of his abilities? No. The problem is, is we don't really know <clears throat> we don't really know. We don't really know. Probably my most quoted scripture, right? Hosea says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And if you go into a war not knowing you in a war, you're what they call a target. You're not even a combatant, right? You're not, you're not fighting in the war. If you just wander out into the battlefield, they just shooting you to get you out of the way. It, you're not a threat to anybody. And that's how a lot of Christians are. We are walking mindlessly through a spiritual warfare that's taking place around us. And we don't even know that we participate. But we are as a spiritual battle of of good versus evil and dark versus light. And look, we are the light. We we are it. Them is us. And we're supposed to strive, right, to be the light of the world. To show people how we're supposed to live. Uh, so if you'll turn with me to Second Timothy, I didn't, I didn't mark this one either. Stephen, you're fired. I don't know if y'all notice or not, but Stephen shows up like really early to church just to harass me at how terrible South Carolina is in football. That's really what he does. And he does, and, it, and not just during football season. It's all year. He tells me how bad we are, or how good Clemson is. Either way. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says, do your, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. To, to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. Correctly handles the word of truth. If you keep on coming down, it says turn away from wickedness. So when we're doing our best to be the light of the world. Y'all, y'all remember them y'all remember them 80s spy movies, right? Where everybody was a spy and the Russians were coming to get us in every way possible, right? Y'all don't remember them? Or oh, just me. Okay. So they said so they got high school kids and they taught them English and they made them dress like Americans and talk like Americans and walk like Americans and they infiltrated us in the movies, right? Some of us is doing that right now. We walk like the world and talk like the world and look like the world and smell like the world and act like the world. We ain't of the world. We ain't of the world. We have been set apart. We are different. Not we, these people in this building. We, the body of Christ, we have been bought and paid for. We have been set apart. We are different. <clears throat> if you walk in your close circle of friends and they don't know you are Christian, whoo, come up later and I'll pray for you. because you are missing the boat, we should stand out. We should look different. We should understand that we are in a spiritual warfare, and we do not allow ourselves to be subjected to the things of the world. Now, this is not a fire and damnation. I'm not telling you what you can listen to on the radio or any of that. I don't care. I'm just telling you, you need to be well aware that there is a spiritual war that's going on around you. And you are a spiritual person, and you need to be on high alert. Of what goes in your body through your eyes, your ears, your nose and your mouth you should absolutely know everything that's going on around you. because look here, we are fighting an enemy who's defeated but he is still vicious. He is still out to get you. He is he is after you every day <clears throat> And when we set ourselves up <coughs> oh man, When we set ourselves up in places to fail and then we fail, you you, you haven't read the scripture that says, do not be confused, God will not be mocked, whatever you sow, you will reap. Y'all heard that before, right? It's like 2 Corinthians 3.19 or something real close to that. Uh, Yeah, right there, somewhere in there. Maybe it's Galatians. Anyway, um, no, it's Galatians. So, but when you're in a position where you look like the world you talk like the world you act like the world you are sowing seed you are sowing seed into Not the right side of the fence and then all of a sudden it comes back and haunts you And you're like, why is everything bad always happen to me? I don't know what you've been sowing Where you been hanging out who you've been talking to who you've been talking about? How you look like you all belong to the body of Christ, or you one of them double secret agents that look like the world, but you're really planning on going to heaven when it's done? I mean, we supposed to look different. We have been set apart. We're in a spiritual warfare around us. And we are a spirit person, right? We're supposed to be doing our job. Turn we in to Romans. chapter 8, and <clears throat> verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on the flesh as desire. But those who live according to the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God, and it does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. You are in the realm of the spirit. And if indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of the righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Because His Spirit lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation that is not to the flesh, but it's to live according to the Spirit. An obligation. So Paul said that there's two groups of people, right? There's people who live according to the flesh and people who live according to the Spirit. And you cannot live according to the flesh and have the spirit. You cannot live according to the spirit and want to dabble in the flesh. You can't sit on top of the fence but so long. You have to pick a side, right? We, we are here. <laughs> we gonna be here for a little while anyway. It's time to make our mind up, whose side are we playing for? Are we that double secret agent on the wrong side trying to blend in? Or are we supposed to be the people that God sent us to be? I mean, that's a tough decision to make. Not really. No, it's not. But I mean, it is to make it do it in real life. Why? Because people might say stuff about me. Okay. Because people might think I'm funny. Okay. Or weird or strange or different. Or I am weird, strange, and different. I have been set apart. I'm built from a different kind of cloth. I'm a spirit. I'm a son of God. The spirit of God lives on the inside of me. I'm not the same as them. They're not me. We have been cut out. We have a retirement plan that's different than theirs. You ever worked on a job to where there were like full-time employees and then like contractors, right? Them full-time employees, they get all kinds of benefits. Them contractors say something wrong and they out, Right? I'm not a contractor. I don't just show up occasionally. I'm a full-time, bought-in, joint heir with Christ. Jesus is my brother. (coughs) And when when we have been born again, we belong to the family of God as sons and daughters, as heirs of God. Maybe we should act like it. We have to make up our mind that we're going to decide that we're going to live according to the Spirit. Now, I would like living according to the Spirit like being on a diet. It is not always pleasant. You don't always get to do what you want to do. It's not about you. Just a minute ago we read in Timothy where you were bought and paid for. It's not about you. You don't always get to go where you want to go and say what you want to say and do what you want to do. Listen. It's tough. I was at a football game Friday night. Four or five little dorks from the other side are walking around with a sign, taunting the home team, walking through the stands, taunting the team. I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. I didn't. I'd have flung them rascals over that fence in one, two, three. Well, one almost kind of chunky. I probably couldn't have thrown him across the fence. I probably could have rolled him across the fence, but I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. I didn't get to act how I wanted to act. It's not easy. And look, there's really not a lot you can do more to me than taunt me. When you taunt me, it really, that thing grunts up in the right the back of my neck and it just, oh, man, I can taste my feelings all of a sudden. It makes me wanna do dumb things. I mean, it just really makes me mad. But we are not subjected to how the flesh feels. Those emotions don't belong. No, 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 no. I'm a child of God. Now, I did say if they'd have done that when I was in high school, that would have had a different outcome. And that's the truth, right? Because I didn't have very good control over my flesh when I was probably 17 or 18 years old. And they probably would have ended up whipping me or me whipping them or one of us would have ended up on the wrong side of the fence. It happened. But now, now times have changed. And I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ, or whether you're a little tiny baby or you're old pro, right? Talk about the age earlier. Not everybody in here is the same age Christian. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, how much have you developed as a Christian? <coughs> Granddaddy used to say, We might have some 40 year old babies in here, right? Can't you to clean themselves up? Can't tend to their own self? Can't fix their own food, right? That's what babies do, right? But when we decide that we're going to be part of the body of Christ, we take on an obligation to move forward, right? To, I mean, Romans says that we should renew our mind, right? <clears throat> the Bible says we should study to show ourselves approved. We are to develop this spiritual body into a fighting machine. And we're going to develop the, we, we're in a battle, would you rather be in a battle with folks who ain't never done nothing before or like the Navy SEALs or the, or the Army Rangers? Or You want the most highly trained group of people ever, right? Them people just – they have worked their whole life to kill people. That's what I – the people I want to fight with. Mostly them. Y'all go get them. I'll be right here. We're good. <laughs> I mean, no, but I mean those guys have dedicated their life to being the best of the best of the best of the best of the best. Of the best right? We got a couple in here, right? I want to be in that group. Yet, as in the spiritual warfare, some of us are walking around with, you know, a padded helmet and, and 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 not very good weapons. I mean, we might have like balloon animals for weapons. We're not not very dangerous at all. Right? Because it says that the, 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 the word of God is the sword of the spirit. It, it, this is a weapon. So how much of your weapon are you prepared for? Well, I can say the 23rd Psalm, so good for you. I know John 3.16. Man, I'm proud of you. This information is invaluable to the Christian body. And unfortunately, most of the time, it's collecting dust. <laughs> can you imagine going to like... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about the military, but let's say Navy SEAL school, and they had a Navy SEALs book, and they said, here, y'all should read that, and they go, nah, we ain't reading the book. Well, this is how you become a Navy SEAL. This is how you become the best of the best. Nah, we don't need the book. I mean, that's how we look in Christians. Oh, I want to be a good Christian. Oh, okay, well, here's the instruction booklet. You should take it and learn it. You probably should ingrain it into your heart and soul and body. You should know what it says about you, what it says about your enemy, what it says about your rights, what it says about who you are, what it says about the deal that was made in your behalf, <clears throat> how you've been redeemed from the curse, how you've been bought back, how you have salvation. You should know all of those things, right? I mean, if my eternity rested on it, i probably want to know a little bit about it. If my uh, fate in the spiritual warfare rested on it, I would probably want to know a little bit about it. Yet a lot of us, we walk around blind, dumb, deaf, and stupid and have no idea what's taking place around us. I did not mean to step on toes today. I did not. Y'all did not come here for that. But look, it's time to wake up. And we're in it. It, it, It's happening around us. Y'all know more children were abducted in 2020 than people died of COVID? In 2020, more children disappeared in the United States than were died of COVID. Y'all hear that on the news? Not nah, in you to. We are in a spiritual battle that is happening all around us. <coughs> and at a time in history where it might be the last battle. You know, all of those things, right? You, you read history and you talk about all of the stuff that happened in you know, all the battles, but that last battle, when they finally give up, or it comes to an end, or the enemy is defeated, you know, that's usually the one you read about, right? That's the, the end of the end. I'm not sure we ain't in the middle of that. But, but we have to be prepared to be in the, in the fight. Oh, man. Let's see if I can reel this back in. <clears throat> There we go. This is Galatians six, seven. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. And then verse nine. Man verse nine. <clears throat> Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Are we so in accordance to the flesh? Are we sowing according to the spirit? Are you dedicating your life into getting better and more versed and a better example to your children and your co-workers and your spouse and the people around you and your teachers and your students and all the stuff around you? Or could they not pick you out of a lineup? <clears throat> and that's tough. And I'm going to tell you, that's a tough realization to come to. That is that you, when we did communion or other earlier, it says if you, you judge yourself. You will not come under such judgment. This is really one of those moments of reflection. Am I doing everything I can to sow into the spirit? Now, look, I know you've got kids and bosses and jobs and laundry and dirty dishes and, and ball games and all this other stuff. I get it. But am I doing the best to sow into the spirit? That's the question. That's the question that should be loudly playing in your head. Am I doing my best to sow into the spirit? Am I doing my best to be the Christian that I'm supposed to be, to be the witness that I'm supposed to be, right? Am I doing my best that my testimony will stand? Am I doing my best? And if the answer is yes and great, keep doing, it's not a good time to stop. If the answer is no, well, boy, you should get after it. We are who we are, I get it. I mean... <clears throat> God built everybody different. We don't none look the same. We don't none talk the same. We don't none walk the same. We don't none, I mean, not everybody likes the same kind of car or the same kind of clothes. We're we not all dressed in the same outfit. I mean, every once in a while we'll get everybody's wearing the same color shirt, but not today. You are who you are. God made you that for a reason. Now, are you living up to the capacity that God gave you or no? That's it. Or no. Yes or no. And if the answer is no, then. Take this as a, as a calling from heaven to today is the day to put your foot down and do the best you can. And the answer is yes, I'm doing the best I can. Brother, keep fighting. We've got a long way to go in a short time to get this. We are the light of the world, we are the hands and feet of Christ. People are depending on us to hear about Jesus. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we thank you and praise you for this message. We just lift it up to you right now. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.